there and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Unlikely Artist podcast. So Savvy Souls, when you cut through all of my coaching, it really comes down to just this one thing. It's when you learn how to honor yourself, it's the key to everything else you want to create. One of the ways we discredit ourselves is to argue against the evidence that we've accomplished something good. So I want to talk today about what happens when you distrust your success and how to think about it differently and in a more helpful way. So what happens is we doubt our abilities despite what we've achieved. We dismiss our successes and attribute it to luck. We live in fear of being found out. We feel uncomfortable when we're complimented because we secretly believe it's a lie. And when we get so busy doubting ourselves, we're not seeing the link between what we feel or think or did or said and what we've created. That's because we're believing our success is coming from somewhere else, from something outside of us. And because we don't think it came from us, we think we won't be able to make it happen again. So when people applaud our success, we almost want them to stop because it makes us feel pressured to do it again. And we're not at all convinced we can do that. So many of us hold on to the secret belief that we're a fraud and we fear the time will eventually be discovered. So a lot of people talk about this and they call it the imposter syndrome. I don't really love that terminology. Um, people think it's something that happens mostly to women. And I don't really know. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't really know if it really feels like a syndrome to me. Part of it feels like it's the way our brains kind of naturally operate. I am definitely not a scientist or social researcher, so I can't really know. But from my own experience as a coach, what I do know from all of my conversations with so many different people is that this problem of high achievers who are unable to internalize and accept their success is something that's experienced by women and men across pretty much every segment of society. And it happens when our self-worth is contingent on us achieving. I conducted a little mini survey a couple of years ago when I was planning a retreat. And I asked a lot of high level business executives what they'd most like to be coached on if I held a retreat. And these were pretty high level people. And what was so interesting is the most common answer 
the one topic almost every single person wanted help with was self-confidence. So all of these high level achievers suffered from a lack of self-confidence. So think about what self-confidence is. It's a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, or judgment. In other words, all of these high level executives needed help trusting their abilities, qualities, and judgments despite their successes. I know that I definitely used to feel this way. And sometimes I still feel this way because I've got a human brain still. So when I was at university, my friends used to get annoyed, so annoyed with me during exam time, because every time I was always sure that this would be the exam, I was definitely going to fail. I was absolutely convinced after I wrote my exams that I'd failed each exam. This was definitely the time the house of cards was going to come crashing down and it would be revealed that I actually wasn't very smart at all. My friends stopped taking me seriously when I worried because it just didn't happen. But I can tell you that I spent almost every moment of exam season feeling terrified with a churning pit in my stomach, it was very real and very intense. The non-trusting, self-doubting voice carried through a little in, less intensely during my professional years. It was still difficult for me to believe that good times would continue, that my efforts would continue to be recognized, that people would bizarrely continue to consider me smart when I knew that that wasn't the case. What I know now that I wish I'd known then was how many other people feel exactly the same way. I thought it was just me. I thought I doubted myself because it was just a fact that I was deficient. I assumed all the successful people around me knew how good they were because I knew that they were actually good. Unlike me, I thought, I didn't know that so many of them continued to be secretly plagued by a lack of self-confidence, not trusting their own abilities and successes. It wouldn't have been so surprising if I'd understood the reason this happens, why so many of us high achievers feel this way. It's because when we make our self-worth contingent on achieving, those are pretty high stakes. It feels like our very survival is dependent on our success. We imagine ourselves cold and shivering and homeless on a street corner if we don't achieve our next goal. We see the only possible outcomes as winning or losing. And we're so terrified of being on the losing side of things. I know that this high stakes kind of thinking was a huge factor in my own inability to be comfortable with my successes. Like so many other people I coach, I was brought up to view the stakes as incredibly high. So many of our parents had endured situations where the consequences of not achieving were very high indeed. My own parents' formative years were during the Dust Bowl years of the Canadian prairies. And my 
dad's parents' farm went bankrupt, which led to some pretty impoverished and serious situations for him as a child. And my mom's dad lost his job and her family lived on church charity for a few years. I was armed with the belief that if I could just get straight A's and do really well at work, I'd be okay and I wouldn't starve. And if I didn't, I was in danger. So no wonder I lived in such fear that all of it would eventually come crashing, crashing down. So savvy souls, if there's any part of you that still feels like you're in a high stakes game, keep listening. Let's talk about the miss that I'm officially giving you permission in this episode to stop believing. So the first myth behind this desperation to achieve is that your worth as a human being is a function of your success. So we've talked about this a lot before in this uh, podcast, and we're going to keep talking about it because it's so important. So I want you to listen carefully. Again, you are inherently worthy. There is nothing you can do to become more worthy, and there's nothing you can do to stop being worthy. You are a beautiful human being, and your existence makes you worthy. I remember doing a post a year ago or so based on an article I read at that time that I thought was interesting. It was a wild estimate of the chance of you existing exactly the way you are at this moment of time in history. And I think the official result was about one in a gazillion. Okay. I can't remember the actual number, but the point is that you are a miracle here on earth. If you're inherently worthy and your mere existence makes you worthy and your existence is a miracle, it can't be true that your success is a factor in your worthiness. So take that one in, please. The second myth is the stakes are high. If you don't succeed, terrible things will happen to you. My mom used to say to me, and I think she was right, that bad things we imagine happening almost never do. The bad things that do happen in our lives seem to come out of left field. They're never what we were so worried about. All of those ridiculous standing on a street corner stories our brains like to make up, the terrible scenarios we like to torture ourselves with. If we did the math, we'd see the chances of any of those things happening are pretty remote. Even more importantly, all the worrying and fussing we do in our minds that feels so important is actually useless, time-sucking brain activity that would be more usefully spent on, uh, let's see, pretty much anything else. Even mindless munching on potato chips and binge watching the next season of su succession would, I think, be a far better use of your brain energy than all that worrying about things that are unlikely to happen. The truth is that the stakes aren't high. If you don't succeed, you don't succeed. That's it. 
You move on to something different. There are no catastrophes. The third myth I'd like you to stop believing is that success is good and failure is bad. This myth at first seems like an obvious truth, except that it's often not true. So why am I saying that? So let's think about, for example, the entrepreneurial wor world. Let's think, for example, about inventors. Let's think, for example, about Nobel, Nobel Prize winners. Let's think about the people we admire the most. You know what most of them have in common? A ton of failures. If they hadn't failed so much, there's no way they'd be on top now. There's no way they'd excel. There's no way they'd be where they are if they'd always taken the safe course. The most successful people on earth fail a lot and they fail often because failure helps us learn what not to do, teaches us so much. When we notice that everything we do has only one of two outcomes, we succeed or we learn, we get off the, I must succeed at all costs train. We stop believing that success is good and failure is bad. So Savvy Souls, when you can stop believing these three myths, when you believe instead that you are inherently worthy, when you know that if you don't succeed, then you'll just move on to something different. And when you see that failure is just a great opportunity for you to learn, then you're ready to look more calmly and dispassionately at your successes. You're ready to look at your successes as something you've created by thinking, feeling, and acting in particular ways. You're ready to notice what you did that worked well for you and to do those things again. You're ready to learn from your successes. You're ready to enjoy your successes and take pleasure in them. And you're ready to experience that loving energy that allows you to create even better things. So Savvy Souls, I want you to be on alert. I want you to take stock of the times you poo-poo your successes, deflect compliments, or worry that you're never going to be able to repeat your successes again. Just notice this happening and know that you're human and it's normal. And then remind yourself and say, hey, there's nothing I can do that will make me less worthy. If I don't succeed, I'm going to be just fine. And I'll either succeed or I'll learn something interesting. Take a breath and then explore how you created your successes and repeat that. And all of you, please, the most important thing, remember to have fun. So Savvy Souls, if you found this episode helpful and you'd like to take this weight work deeper, you'd like to be able to learn from your successes and feel good about them and build on them, I would love to connect with you live. You can book a free coaching consultation call with me by going to www.gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D, like dog, canvas, C-A-N-V-A-S.com slash work 
hyphen with hyphen me and book your free coaching consultation call. And it'll be so fun to chat with you and see how we can apply some of this work for you in your specific circumstances at a deeper level. And if you found benefit in this episode, if you found benefit in any of the other episodes you've listened to here, please do tell your friends about this podcast. Let them learn and benefit from it too. And if you haven't done a review, please just scroll down on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give me a rating and write a review. This will put this podcast in front of more people. And it's a way of um, a mutual energetic exchange. I'm providing this work for free and you're helping me reach more people who can also benefit from what I'm teaching here. Love you guys and see you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>